Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union. Carol Gaddis is my guest today. Drawing from her 30 years of experience in missions, Carol leads cross-cultural workers and others through a variety of obstacles that one can face in ministry. Her latest book is entitled, When Doors Close, Changing Course in Missions Without Losing Your Way. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Carol, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited about you being with us today. Thank you. It's so good to be with you, Sandy. Carol, why did you write a book on When Doors Close? Well, I have served for over 20 years with the International Mission Board, lived in five different countries, and also served as a journeyman prior to that, prior to marriage. And so came back to the States in 2009. We started an Arabic-speaking church in my hometown of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And then my husband passed away in 2015. And I can say that in all those years, 30-plus years now, I've had a lot of doors close in my life in various ways. And so I really felt like at this stage of my life that I wanted to pour back into the new generation of workers, people that are going overseas, people that have a call to ministry here in the States, cross-culturally, in whatever form that means. How can I help them navigate closed doors and do it with grace? It seems to me this is a message that we need today because we're not as resilient as we should be. If a door closes, well, I gave that my best chance. I'm just going to go on and do what I want to do. Yes, and I think COVID perhaps has shown some of our weaknesses perhaps Mm -hmm. in some of that. And so I think that has also been one of the timings. This book has come out at a time when I think people are facing closed doors as never before. And it does kind of throw you for a loop. And you question your call, you question your face sometimes when a door closes after you think you've been called to ministry. And so I'm trying to help people walk through that. Well, tell me about some of the closed doors you faced. I have faced closed doors of really not even been able to get into a country. My husband and I answered the call first to go, well, we always said we really didn't have a call to a specific country, but just to work with Muslims in general. And so we were first appointed, I should say, to the country of Lebanon. But at the time when we went to training, Lebanon was closed to Americans after the Civil War there. And all the Americans had come out. Our people there had come out. So no one was able to get back in. And here we were appointed to a country we couldn't even go to. So while we were in orientation for seven weeks, we changed countries three times. Oh, my goodness. How do you wrap your head around that? (laughs) Well, my husband didn't seem to have much trouble with it, but I'm not very good at change. And having to switch and to study about a new country just on the flip of a dime It was hard. So, yeah. Three times. Three times in seven weeks. They called us Mr. and Mrs. Flexibility. (laughs) I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. So, those were, we've had doors like that. We've also had doors closed where we've been kicked out of countries for various reasons. We've been asked to leave politely, sometimes by the government of that country. I've had doors closed just 
for security reasons as well. And then obviously seasons of life bring closed doors. And then for me, in the last six years, my husband passed away. So Mm -hmm. that seems to be a closed door as well. I mean, all these ways of transition in life that close doors to one kind of ministry, but open doors to others. I recognize with the passing of your husband, that's the hardest closed door that you've probably had to endure. But beyond that, in some of your roles, what has been a door closed that was particularly painful? Or what is a door that closed that you didn't see coming? A lot of them I didn't see coming, so that's easy. I think some doors that closed were when you felt like there was a lot of fruit going on Mm -hmm. in the country where you were serving. And then we had to leave. Sometimes our organization leadership asked us to leave and to move on. One was because they wanted to use our expertise in other areas. But it's hard when you feel like, oh, things are going so good here, and then you have to leave it. It's not easy to do that. So there's doors like that that close. I think sometimes for women, change in marital status can be a, a kind of closed door. I've served as a single and I've served as a married woman. And that changes your perspective and changes your type of ministry when you're serving. So how do you navigate that and readjust and refocus? Okay, now I have a new goal in ministry with another person or without another person. Mm -hmm. So those kind of doors can change the way you look at ministry. What happens when doors shut quickly? It sounds like you've had to make some rather rapid changes in direction. Mm -hmm. I have, and I have learned over the years, and this is one of the bits of advice that I give in the book, is to leave first, analyze later. Because sometimes you don't have time to sit around and think, Really, is this the best decision when it's a critical issue, when it's a crisis, when it's a war? You need to just go for your safety, for the safety of your family, for the safety of the people you leave behind. Sometimes the best thing to do is just get out. Then once you're out, you take time to debrief. You take time to pray and to see, okay, God, we needed to leave. We kind of were forced out of this situation. Now, what do you want us to do with that? I like that advice. Leave first, analyze later. I could see in a lot of situations, the change, the fear, the door shutting, the door slamming shut paralyzes us. It does. And it's also, you know, sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We feel like everything hinges on us, that God will not keep working if we don't stay. But God's still in control. And even if we have to leave because of a certain situation, God's still got a plan for those people that you leave behind. And so being able to leave that takes humility, and it's also brokenness sometimes too. Well, I know that you probably keep in touch with a lot of people from the places that you've been. Tell me a situation that you're most proud of. You were the door slammed shut. You had to leave. But they took what you and your husband poured into them, and they kept on going. Tell me about one of those stories. So when we were in one of our Middle Eastern countries, and we had 10 days to leave the country, it was hard because we felt like there was still work to do. 
but we sat the believers down and told them that we had to leave. When my husband told them, we are passing the baton to you. You have got to take up the work and keep it on. First, they were all sad at the thought of us leaving. But when we told them, you've got to carry the work on, I saw literally shoulders rise and heads lift up. Like, oh, we've got to take this. This is our job now. And that's what gives you hope when you see that. You've got to leave, yes. But God's got a purpose in their life. You're leaving empowers them in different ways that you would never have known. And they maybe would not have known if you'd stayed a long time and helped them grow. But sometimes leaving quickly makes them grow up very fast and take the work on. And if you would have stayed, you might have hindered what God wanted to do in that country. Praise God. You've talked about some personal and family crises that you've dealt with. And I know that you talk about in the book, I want to know about the chapter, When It's Your Fault, When Doors Are Shut Because It's Your Fault. That chapter really captivated my attention. It was a hard chapter to write, but one that I've lived through. So it's not that I'm pointing fingers at that, but it's things that I've gone through and watched others go through as well. Part of that chapter is the reality of language learning. Many people sign up to go overseas, but they forget, oh, I have to do all of this in another language (laughs) that I have to learn. And that takes a lot of work. And it means that you have to act like a child again. And that's hard for a lot of people. There's a lot of adjustment. So in that, if you don't meet some criteria within a certain period of time, your time may be cut short. It may hinder your work going forward. I see a lot of people because either they don't put the effort into learning the language or maybe if it's a couple, even if it's two single people and one is better at language and one is not, that one that's not sometimes uses the one that's good at language as a crutch and Mm -hmm. so they don't learn the language and that hinders their work and it closes doors for them to minister. So I've seen that happen in couples and singles that have not met the needs of learning that language, and that stops ministry or hinders it for sure. Also, other ways that it's our fault is, unfortunately, it's a reality in every organization. Sexual sin, wrong relationships, these things can cause doors to be closed, and that can be the end of ministry. It can mean the end of your relationship with your organization. It can hinder the believers that are on the field when that happens and also just your own personal life. And so wrong relationships, we really have to keep our slates clean when it comes to how we're dealing with the opposite sex and um, relationships because it really can hinder ministries and cause doors to close. Well, even think about in the United States on this side of the hemisphere. Doors close that are our fault by things like gossip. Yes, I think a lot of times when you are in ministry, many of us go into the idea of service to the Lord with rose-colored glasses, and we think, oh, everybody's going to get along and understand Mm -hmm. each other. And many times our relationships with our fellow 
missionaries or workers can be hindered because of wrong attitudes and power struggles. All these kind of things can stop work on one side or the other. So yes, it is hard. And I think another big thing that I've seen when it's our fault is as Westerners, we just don't understand what the third world looks like Mm -hmm. and what poverty, real poverty looks like. Even though we see it a lot more now, I think real evil can look like. And in our broken world, when a person goes to a field and they face such devastation and such injustice, that is a crisis of faith. Mm -hmm. And if we're not prepared and if we're not grounded daily in the word and in our relationship with the Lord, it can also bring us to a point of a crisis of faith and a loss of vision. I haven't seen it a lot, thank goodness, in my 30 years of work, but I have seen it where a worker completely just walked away from faith and left the field. And it was devastating to his family. And it leaves behind a lot of baggage because the people that are left behind have to explain why that person Mm -hmm. left the way they did. And so it is devastating, but it is a reality, unfortunately, that we need to be aware of. I've seen that happen with short-term volunteers Mm -hmm. that go serve abroad and then just can't adjust to life back in the United States and go through just an incredible grief process, even from short-term missions. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine what it's like for long-term missionaries. Would you give any sweet nugget that we can take away from that chapter like you did before (laughs) on leave first and analyze later? I would love to have a little nugget. I think for that one is we have to keep talking to each other. We need to keep accountability with the people on our team. You need to have people in the States that are holding the ropes for you and that are also keeping you accountable. As men, do you have another man that is texting you or sending you messages? How are things going? Is there anything I need to be aware of? Anything I can pray for? As women, do you have someone that is talking with you about your marriage, about relationships? As a single woman, you have got to have mentors and accountability partners because especially for American women overseas, there's a lot of temptation because we not only are so different from maybe the native women that the people are used to, but we also have a passport that draws people to us. And so that's a reality we need to be aware of. And so having those accountability partners is so crucial. And also just talking to people. I just think we've got to have communication and the Lord can bring us through those hard times. Absolutely. And I could see it's important for our missionaries. But through this COVID experience, I think the church in the United States is in a crisis with our ministers and with our ministers' wives. And I think the advice that you gave there would be good on this side of the hemisphere as well. Yeah, I think so too. We need to be praying for our people in ministry and we need to be ministering to them, reaching out to them, just serving them and providing support that they need because they are hurting. Many of them are hurting. You're right. Well, Carol, how do you know when God is closing a door? How do you know when it's just not you being tired, you being overwhelmed by the workload? How do you know it's God closing the door? I think one is knowing the difference between 
what looks like burnout? Am I trying to do everything on my own? Have I taken time to rest? Am I losing the joy of service? And sometimes that makes us think a door is closing. Is that because I just am trying to do everything? I'm trying to solve all the problems and I'm not taking time off? Or is God actually bringing this stage of ministry to a close? And so we have to look at, are we finding balance in life in general? Because I think a lot of times a door will close and then we realized, you know, I was just exhausted. I remember one time my husband and I were going to lead a prayer retreat in Greece. And so we had left our country and we went there. And then we took another week and just slept for the whole week almost because we were so exhausted Mm -hmm. from where we had been serving. We just needed that time. And so a lot of times when we don't take breaks and we don't stop, we can actually have a door closed because of just burnout. And that's not necessarily that God was closing that door, but perhaps we were not pacing ourselves and giving margin in lies for God to speak to us, to minister to us, and to have rest. Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess when you get kicked out of a country, you know that door (laughs) has been shut. Have you ever been any place when the door shut, but you didn't recognize it or refused to recognize it? When we were kicked out of one country and had to go to another one, we were not welcomed in that new place of service. And being kicked out, I always felt like it didn't feel right. And so I kept wanting to go back, Mm -hmm. wanted to go backwards. And yet God was moving us in a completely different direction. But I felt like Jeremiah in my country of exile. And that was the passage of scripture that the Lord gave me during that time. And, And he told me, stop, this might be exile for you. Yes, but go ahead and plant yourself build your home, have children, which I did in that country. I had two children, but it was like, I always felt like that was a season of exile Mm -hmm. because I really wanted to be in the other place, but God still used me. And I looked back on those four years in that country and I thought, you know, what did I do? But then I realized I had children. I kept serving. I kept doing good, but it still didn't feel great to me the whole time I was there. So God still used me, but I still wanted to go back. But I couldn't go back because that door had closed. I guess that's a good word. Even in the midst of you feeling like you're in exile, do what you can wherever God puts you for that season. Absolutely. Yeah. I still, I really have been holding on to the verse in Ephesians where it says, we are to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. So I just have begun in my life, really in general, just to focus on what's the next good thing that he's got in mm-hmm. front of me to do. And that's what happens when doors close. Sometimes you are so at a loss about what's next. You don't really see it because the door's closed quickly or through pain or, or loss. You're not sure what's next. So you just have to kind of say, okay, Today, you've given me this to do that I know I can do. That's a good thing. And I'm just going to walk in that. In your book, you do talk about the grief and the loss. You just have to walk through grief and loss. Yes. There's another chapter in the book that caught my attention. Okay. Avoiding the it's not fair trap. (laughs) I love that title. Talk to me about that. How do we avoid it's not fair? Because 
if there's ever a word that our culture needs right now, it's that. Yeah. Anytime a door closes or change comes, emotions come with it. And we are emotional people and we can't avoid that. The problem is, as Christ followers, we don't want to let emotions rule us. Yes, we acknowledge them. There's anger, there's loss, grief, there's hurt. Those are true emotions and they're all real, but you can't pitch a tent there for a long time. And I think with those emotions comes that kind of feeling of, oh, this doesn't happen to anybody else. It's only happened to me and it's not fair. This is just not fair. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately, thank goodness, in Scripture, we have a lot of examples of unfair things happening to people. That's why I try throughout the book to put Scripture with every door that I'm talking about because the Bible is full of closed doors and how people navigated those and how God used them in people's lives. And so I really tried to put that because bitterness is a dangerous, dangerous place to be as believers and as a person in general. Bitterness, the Bible is very clear. It makes our bones waste away. You know, it can really affect our health and affects our mental attitude and affects our ability to serve. It absolutely can. And what I've seen in our culture, in our Western culture, you combine bitterness with social media, and that is toxic. It is. It is so toxic. And it's it is just hard to see what's going on in our world today with how social media is just affecting our minds. And it's hurting us in the long run, I think, spiritually, because we're looking at that and then basing decisions off of what we read on a social media post or something like that. And it can really cause trouble. Or even if you know a person and you talk to them and say, why, why did you put that on mm-hmm. social media? Oh, I was angry at right. the time. Okay, that's not a good time to be posting things. That goes back to what you were talking about, our emotions and our feelings driving us. Mm -hmm. It is. And that's why in all of that, in any time that you go through a period of change, you've got to work through, okay, this is what I'm feeling now, but I need to express that with a good mentor or a strong believer, my spouse, somebody that will walk through that with me because you need to talk about it. It's good to talk about it. It's not so good to talk about it on social media, but it's good to talk about it with other people so that you can work through it because the Lord doesn't want you to stay in that state. He wants you to move past it. So keep talking, just not at your keyboard. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which, you know, I don't know that I'm so good at because I have a tendency to put off a post, but I try not to make my emotions be the judge for them. Well, Carol, what do you hope people take away from this book? So I think the main thing is closed doors is a reality. But the first thing that we know is that doors only close because we have the first open door. And that is the open door to serve and to be called into God's kingdom for a purpose. Doors will close. And that's part of life. We're not meant to stay stagnant in one place, in one ministry for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. I look back on my life and I see a call to serve. It's taken many forms over the years. And 
I like that. I mean, it's exciting to see how God has used me at different times of my life. Going through some of those doors was not easy. I was going to say, it's easier looking back, <laughs> isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> when you're in the middle of it, it's not so yes. easy. Yeah. But the reality is what I hope in this book is that people going out on, this, on the front side of ministry will say, okay, these are some possible things that I might go through. So I need to be prepared for that. Just knowing that, just having seen it, it triggers something later on. Oh, you know, I need to be thinking about this as I'm going through this closed door. But also knowing that you're not alone in this. And then even if you've gone through, maybe you're in the middle of a closed door right now in ministry, you can know that you're not alone, that other people have gone through it. And one, that scripture has a lot of help for you. The Lord gives you so much resources through his word, but also through the lives of other people that have gone through closed doors and that want to be there for you. And that's what I hope I am in this book is someone that says, I feel your pain and I know what you're going through and I want to encourage you in that. Well, what I like is your transparency in sharing your story. Because that does help to know that we're not the first person to go through something like this. And I think that does a great deal to help us move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. My mother used to tell me, Carol, you give too much information sometimes. But I have decided that in sharing my vulnerable parts, that God can use that. He shows himself in our weaknesses. And so that's just really what I wanted to do. Well, I am so grateful that you were willing to come and talk with us today. Thank you. It was so good to be with you. And thank you for your service as our missionary, going where God led you all those years. Yeah, it was an honor. And thank you for listening to this episode of On the Journey Conversation. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of On the Journey Conversations. You know, every once in a while, you should reflect on your own life from the other side of a closed door. We all need to learn to listen to His heart, to bend our will toward His, to abandon the good, to pursue His very best for our lives. Simply trust God and follow Him. We'll see you next time.